So um, we are going to talk about what's happening with the Israel-Palestine conflict right now. Um, and you're, you're, you're curious, then um, definitely keep listening. Christmas at Rue is here and they're definitely bringing the holidays cheer, okay? They've added all these amazing items to their holiday menu. Listen to this, okay? Potato and squash ravioli. They got a turkey din- dinner item, whole ass fucking turkey. Eggnog apple cranberry waffles. Mmm, that sounds scrumdilly-umptious. They have festive drinks as well on their menu and festive coffee like the ginger doodle latte ooh ooh what is this mocha toasted marshmallow syrup espresso hot chocolate whipped cream samia baby they have an amazing warm cozy christmas vibe they got the decor out they got the christmas music playing they got the food the drinks the coffee all christmas theme they also do private holiday parties that you guys can book And on November 26th, they're doing a dinner with Santa event where you can book in, go there, bring your little Javak there as well. And Santa's going to be there. Can you guys believe that? Oh my God. He's coming all the way from the North Pole to hang out with your kids. He'll be walking around, sitting with people and kids are going to get gifts and stuff. So make sure you guys go to their website to book that in. I will link that in the episode details. So if you guys are in Surrey, make sure you do Christmas at Rue. I just want to mention that we rarely do things like this on the podcast because at the end of the day, this platform is a place where people come to to just relax and take their mind off things that they're seeing online, whether it's online, like heavy shit or in their own personal life. They have a lot of people are dealing with a lot of personal depressing things these days. And the the message I get the most is not that, hey, you know, Love to hear your take on what's going on in Yemen right now. (laughs) It's that, hey, I was having a really shitty couple of months and I've been listening to your podcast and that's the only time I laugh. Mm -hmm. Those are the, so that's what this platform is about, uh, like about. And I have, we have taken some political, like we've had, had, we have had political conversations three times, I think three, two or three times in the span of four years. And I do it only when I feel like in my personal life, these conversations are being had. Mm-hmm. Given my background in these types of things, like I have a bachelor's of international relations, which is basically foreign policy. Mm-hmm. In that degree, you have to do a minor. And my minor was Middle Eastern conflict. Mm-hmm. And this re- this conflict was a major focal point during that time. If I do talk about it, I want it to be more of a nuanced conversation. And I wanted to kind of like I just I needed to sit on it and like how I wanted to like and explain it to people where they could like you know listen to it and then sh- have a conversation with someone in their life about it you know I was just thinking uh, coming up that the last time we were talking about it the, it was sparked by the whole Starbucks thing <laughs> and then I'm coming up here with my Starbucks cup today. oh yeah oh yeah yeah. yeah 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 we can we can talk about that we can talk about that I think what what I can do what's easier is if we just if I just kind of go over the history a little bit and then we can go over like what's happening right now in terms of like the chances of a ceasefire and like we can get into these type of things like boycotts and stuff and whether or not they work in in my opinion 
this a portion where I'm going to go over the history of what's happening is a very Sparks note. Sparks, is that what it is? Spark note? Sparks note? Spark notes version of what's happening. So in no way, shape or form is this the full scope of what's what has happened. In the early 1900s, um, close to the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, which was like basically the Turkish Empire in that region, like broke down is and and around around i think after world war one is when it fully like dismantled and britain and france took over the ottoman empire like that region and they split it up amongst themselves so britain took some france took some and then within britain's portion of it was this area called the british mandate of palestine the palestinian like ethnic majority was in that region at the time there were settlements of jewish people already coming in from like europe because in europe around this this time for a very long time jews haven't really the jews weren't really welcome there and they were pushed out of those countries as well so then they would go to this area called the british mandate of palestine where they felt like that was their homeland and they needed like a place to go because they were being pushed out of everywhere else as like more immigration and then once Britain took it over they allowed more like Jewish immigration to come in and as more Jewish people came in there started to become tensions between the Jewish population there and the Arab population there after World War II so when after the Holocaust happened six million Jews were exterminated there was a large influx of Jewish people that were survivors of the Holocaust that wanted to come to their to what they said is their homeland so Britain turns to the UN and the UN comes up with this proposal that basically splits the region into two. So one uh, one portion of it goes to the Jewish people, that's going to be Israel, and one por- portion of it goes to Palestine, which will be for the Palestinian people. And Britain goes like, you guys get, you guys get this state, you guys get that state, and we're out, peace. The Jewish population agreed to it. And the Arab population was like, no, like this is just another form of like British imperialism. They're trying to take our land. So they fought back. Right. Um, I think the countries that were involved in that were like Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Jordan, Egypt, Palestine. Israel won that war. Then they took all of it kind of. Right. Because they're like, oh, we won this war. We're going to take all of it. So in the end, they controlled all of it minus Gaza, which was under Egypt's control, and the West Bank, which was under Jordan's control. 1967, there was another war called the Six-Day War. This was like one of the biggest turning points for Israel. Um, So this is the Arab nations coming again, and they go to war with Israel again. And Israel beats them in six days. And it's a complete shock to the entire world. All these Arab countries came in and they destroyed them from all fronts. And they took over the Sinai Peninsula, which is a large part of Egypt and um, Syria. Oh, yeah. And the West Bank. They were able to, like, take it. You know, with that land, it comes with, like, you know, people that don't want you to be there. So there's more constant fighting, all this stuff happening. In 1978, Israel signed peace um, accords with Egypt and gave back the Sinai Peninsula to Egypt. But they kept Gaza, and they kept the West Bank, and they kept East uh, Jer- Jerusalem. And there's over a million Palestinians living in these like occupied lands that they still have. So this is like pretty much the modern like conflict we're seeing right now. So this has been going on for yeah. so, so Since long. the 1940s. Like, 
Because then, so, didn't what was what happened in the early 2010s, like 2014? Yeah. So that was um. So every like, you know, after every like, I want to say a couple of years, but after some time, like some sort of like uprising, like frustrations get to a point where it just erupts into full blown like violence. That happened in 1987 with the first intifada that they call it. Palestinians like just frustrated that there's going to be no peace and there's there's no state for us. And there's like all this stuff just like erupted. And that was a six year struggle that happened there fighting for six years. And in response to that, there was a peace agreement signed in 1993 called the Oslo Accords. And this is where the Palestinian the PLO they're called Palestinian uh, Palestinian uh, Palestinian Liberation um signed peace deal with Israel. Mm-hmm. And this was the first major like peace talks that had happened mm-hmm. and they basically signed this deal that was like a two-state solution which was like Israel saying that we get our like secure borders and we are our own state and then in return Palestine gets its own state. Mm-hmm. And you guys do your own thing and we're like, you know, and they, they were like, okay. But in this deal, Palestine gave up, they only, they gave Israel 70% of the land, which is crazy. And they only kept about 20, 20-ish. And then the East, and then Jerusalem was going to be a free city. So this was like the hope that, you know, we are going to go towards like peace here. But then the right, the extreme right side from Israel didn't, agree with it because they don't want compromise mm-hmm. and the extreme side on palestine also doesn't want compromise mm-hmm. so the fighting just kept on going mm-hmm. and then israeli settlers started coming into the west bank which they're not allowed to do under international law mm-hmm. and they started setting up cities with like thousands of israelis and the government is subsidizing these settlements which is crazy so, so they're still occupying these lands mm-hmm. where they're not supposed to be so in this time, right, Hamas like takes over control of Gaza. And because initially the PLO was the government or the controlling um, governing authority for the West Bank and Gaza. Mm-hmm. But then Hamas is a group that came out of PLO that thought that PLO was too like they compromised too much. And then they split from the West Bank. So West Bank is under the control of the Palestinian Authority. And then Hamas is like in gaza and they have like a mandate where it's like israel we want it completely off the map type of deal so once hamas takes control over the gaza strip and they do so in a political vote they get voted into power and essentially what that is is like a protest vote a lot of people say it's like in protest to what you know israel is doing to palestine like you're choking them out so they're like fed up they want their own state they want their own right to like have their own country. They want to be able to be move freely on their own land. Like they don't want to be under surveillance by this country and government that is oppressing them. And Israel's response is Hamas is a terrorist organization. And if you guys want Hamas as leaders in Gaza, then we are going to blockade you. We are going to squeeze them out and we're going to do so by enforcing a blockade. So they're surrounding the perimeter. They do not let in food like water, medicine, building material, like school books they don't let in. Like even lentils were banned, I think at one point. Like just like an intense blockade to squeeze them dry. So this fighting is constantly happening back and forth. 
and it's disproportionately Palestinians, civilians that are dying. I think the most recent kind of out, outburst of violence, what happened in 2021, Supreme Court of Israel was had ruled to kick out six Palestinian families from some some area. So the Palestinians were like, you're, you're not supposed to even be here, now you're kicking us out. And so then protests, boycotts, violence like erupted. And once again, Israel just power bombed these guys. And then there was a ceasefire that happened. I think Egypt brokered that deal again. So this is the second ceasefire that the Egypt was able to like broker between the two, but it only lasted 11 days. Hamas shot a rocket or whatever into Israel and Israel responded and just like, obviously, whenever they respond, they respond with like too much force. Like that's like the common consensus among everyone is like y'all are you're, you're doing too much here. You know, the October 7th attacks happened and this is the largest loss of Israeli life from this conflict in one go. The initial number was 1400, but now they corrected that to 1200 um, Israelis have died. And um, and yeah, and now look at like the, the responses that we're over, we're we're over 10,000 Palestinians dead now. I don't know, like, I don't, I'm not sure, like, what's going to happen at this point, because the international community can't even agree what to do, Mm -hmm. or how to get involved, and there's a bunch of reasons for that, too. Israel is essentially saying that we need to, like, get rid of Hamas, you have to eliminate Hamas, Hamas is the problem, they're a terrorist organization, they're the problem, right? And then the other side of the story is, then why are you in the West Bank? Why are you... Why do you have illegal settlements in the West Bank? And why are you pushing Palestinians out of the West Bank? There's no terrorist organization over there. Hamas is not in control over there. They're only in control of Gaza. So if you say that you are not occupying and you don't want to do this, you're only bombing them because of terrorist, like terrorism, then where there's no terrorism in the West Bank. So why are you occupying that? So it's like they're, they're contradicting their own like statements, their own like reasoning. So the problem with Israel right now is that they have an extreme right-wing political party in power. Benjamin Netanyahu is like a right-wing guy. Prior to these October 7th attacks, even half of Israel was divided. There was protests in the streets over there like, this guy should not be in office. Why are we still occupying West Bank? Why are we occupying Gaza? Like, we, why, like, why, are no, like why is no one willing to come to the table? Like, this is too much type of deal. Like, people were wanting him out. And then these attacks happened. And now, I, th- in my opinion, like based on what I'm reading and seeing and stuff, is that it's flipped. Mm-hmm. That side that was like the Israelis that were questioning the occupation in Israel are have now flipped. And they're like, nothing can happen until Hamas is entirely eliminated. And the curious thing was that Benjamin Netanyahu's elections was, were coming up or something. So now they're not, they're delayed. Well, no, they will, but he'll win. Like unless like something happens or like i don't know because now the death toll is so high mm-hmm. and it's looking really bad for israel whether or not like the israeli public is just gonna be like okay this is actually too much now like this guy needs to go mm-hmm. like it's just gonna get worse mm-hmm. or or if they're gonna be like no we have to protect ourselves mm-hmm. who knows only time will tell but the thing with israel is like their relationship with the u.s is extremely strong mm-hmm. and has been since 1967 Israel, the biggest recipient of foreign aid by the U.S. And I don't know what the number was, but I think I was reading something like over $200 billion worth of aid has been sent since World War II. And this is one of the reasons Israel has 
one of the strongest militaries in the world, why they are, they have such advanced technology when it comes to their weaponry, when it comes to their surveillance technology and their intelligence. They have like tech and surveillance tech that's on par with what the States has. This is why like it's really hard for the international, like these countries to like, like fully condemn Mm -hmm. Israel. I think the biggest factor is that the, the military industrial complex is the biggest, there's a silent like supporter of Israel. The buying and purchasing, uh, sorry, the buying and selling of weapons is the reason that they're the 10th largest exporter of weapons in the world. And you, the U S is, is now dependent on Israel for some weapons as well. And they're dependent on Israel for sur- like surveillance and um, intelligence mm-hmm. that they don't have in that region in the Middle East. The Israel's their only ally there. Mm. They they are being like very careful in how they approach this right. be- due to that reason. Um, I was reading this one like um, uh, no, not reading. I was listening to this one like uh, Middle Eastern history like professor talk about it, and the interviewer had, um, interviewer had asked him like if the U.S. stops all aid to Israel tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Is that going to make a difference? Will that help? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, it won't, because now they're in a position where they'll stumble a little bit, but they'll get back on their feet very fast. Mm-hmm. And the only thing it will do is give the U.S. more leveraging power to negotiate a ceasefire. Maybe. Yeah. This is about like pe- people's land, Mm-hmm. their identity their ethnic identity mm-hmm. their right to self-determination like things that are much more like meaningful also i just want to make this clear like we have a large canadian like listenership mm-hmm. canada doesn't have any fucking presence on the international scale like i don't know what what people think we are mm-hmm. but we're completely insignificant like we're a speck of dust mm-hmm. we haven't been we are not even on the u.n security council we don't even have a vote we haven't been on the Security Council in 23 years. Who are the countries on the Security so Council? So the UN Security Council is five permanent members. US, UK, France, China, and Russia. Those are the five members, permanent. So they're always on and they have veto power. This is why the UN can't ever get any fucking thing done. Because yeah. no, Russia, China, US, one of them ever fucking agreed on anything. And when one person says, oh, we want to do this, the next person goes, veto, done. You can't now. And that's what's been happening mm-hmm. with these like ceasefire. Like while people are dying, the U.S. the U.N. can't agree on words. A resolution was introduced where the word ceasefire was in there. The U.S. vetoed it. Okay, done. Back to the drawing table. Come back. The U.S. presents something that says humanitarian pause. China and Russia veto veto it. Okay, back to the drawing board. Like over words. Yeah. These people like this is how stupid the fucking world is, and people like. Like, it's so dumb, man. And so, and then then there's 10 elected members that have two-term, two-year terms on, on there. And I don't know all the countries, but, like, it's, like, Ghana, Mozambique. Is Canada in No, we're not. We're we not have, even in that? We're not even, we don't, we haven't had, we haven't been on the Security Council in 23 years. But this, I'm just trying to put it yeah, into scope, yeah. like, how fucking useless Canada is. So, so why hasn't it, why haven't we been on it for 23 years? Did we get kicked off? Uh, did we get kicked off or did we just not make the list? You can, like, you can um, uh, what, like put in like a bid, right? But whether or not you get elected is another story, right? So the, so the UN General Assembly, which is all the countries, they get to vote in 
I think we put in bids like maybe in 2010 and somewhere some other year or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we we lost them to like some other countries because they got more votes. Completely insignificant. I, like I don't think people understand this. Like Justin Trudeau can stand there and say ceasefire all the fuck he wants, yeah. but they're gonna be like shut the fuck up, buddy. <laughs> like yeah. that's that. Where's we are so insignificant. We since the dawn of time we have been hiding behind the USA and whatever they say. We just you know, peek her head behind their shoulder and say, yeah, my dad said, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> that's what it is on the playground for us. Like, yeah, the dad being USA. Yeah, the dad Pierre being, Trudeau. yeah, the dad being USA, not fucking, yeah, Justin Trudeau and Pierre Trudeau. So yeah, they're just like, they can't agree on like, you know, words and, and, you know, some people have questioned like, why is like the US so like Israel, Israel, Israel? And it's because this military relationship that they have, that, that, that billion dollar relationship is really important to the u.s because the u.s is all about security and we rely on the u.s for security yeah for security yeah, yeah and for like you know export import like our economy the thing that's really like fucked up is that these governments or these systems put a price on things and the price is human life how many lives is it going to take before someone comes to the table israel is saying that they will uh, talk about a ceasefire when or like, or like they'll do the ceasefire when hamas gives the hostages back they have 250 hostages and hamas is saying we're not going to give the hostages back until you do a ceasefire okay. so now this is like we're stuck here so that's the thing and then and then the other side of the conversation is like okay so let's say you know like america's the one that has the largest influence here mm-hmm. right if they pull their support for israel is that going to make a difference a lot of political analysts say no that israel hasn't uh, enough power to survive without the u.s and they know that but will it look bad on israel if you even the u.s is like yo buddy chill yeah and maybe will that change their mind maybe that's a textbook theory yes that it the u.s pulls this and then israel just stumbles for a bit but then you know they get back on their feet and they're it's a it's like a blip on their radar it's as if nothing has happened but there's also other things that can happen as we know this happens in personal lives this happens in companies this happens in government where now this could pose a threat to the usa or to the the us's allies and so the other thing is like well you know, like the like American public's uh, perception of Israel is changing. Is that going to make a difference? Is what the American public, if they don't agree with this, is that going to change what happens on the political level? And the answer is probably not. And just to give a few examples, usually what the public wants, what the majority wants is not what the government does. One example is most people in the United States want abortion rights. But the Supreme Court went in and said, sorry, you're not going to get that. 87% of uh, Americans want stricter gun control. How close is Congress to doing that? Mm-hmm. And they have mass shootings every fucking other day. 70% of Americans want public health care. How close is Congress to doing that? So then I think the thing is, is like, so with that thing that you were mentioning before, like the boycott or whatever, you're walking here to Starbucks. <laughs> with, the, with the boycott thing, is that like, the things I'm seeing online is like, oh, if Star- Starbucks are sending money to Israel or something. They're, they're supporting the genocide, right? And I looked into like, why? How are they supporting it? So there's no legitimate re- report that Starbucks is sending money. Um, they don't even have a store in Israel. 
you can't get Starbucks in Israel. The, it, they pulled out in 2003. So then what's all this noise about? So the noise is about basically like the Starbucks union. They tweeted a pro-Palestine message using a Hamas truck. Okay. Like with the Hamas like logo or so, something like that on it. And then Starbucks said, you can't use our logo to pr- promote a political like message. We're a corporation. So then that was like the whole thing. Like they're not even letting like like Starbucks is supporting Israel because they're not letting a pro-Palestine message or something like that, right? And now Starbucks is suing the union for that tweet, right? But now this union is saying that it's not even about the messaging. They just want to undermine us. They don't even want a union, because they don't want a union. That was a very, like, public thing that happened when the union was created. Now the whole thing is like, now it's not even about that. It's just they they just want (laughs) to... It's their own politics. Yeah, it's their own politics going on. (laughs) And so... Is a decline in Starbucks profits going to bring Benjamin Netanyahu to the table and tell him to stop bombing bombs over Gaza? No, that's not going to happen because the relationship is not with Starbucks. The relationship is the military. It's the buying and selling of weapons in the billions of dollars. Now, if you're a person who feels like you just don't want to support a company that's suing their union over a pro-Palestinian message, that's a different story right absolutely if that makes you feel better you feel like you're making a difference that way for sure yes but it's it gets so complicated for example isn't is canada sending money to israel yes they are so that's taxpayer dollars so what are are you going to do stop paying your tax but the thing is the u.s is supporting is such a big supporter of Israel. So you're, you're going to point fingers at someone for buying a caramel But you're taking macchiato. a family trip to Disneyland. 100%. But yet you're going to take a $6,000 trip down to Palm Springs, yeah. you know, or go spend a weekend in Vegas and support San their... San Diego, con- all these yeah. places where we all go to. Like, it's like, you know, like you can make that argument for ev- like anything then. You know, another prime example is this, you know, people are pushing this boycott Starbucks thing, boycott McDonald's thing. And no one's talking about Amazon. Amazon has a $1.2 billion contract with the IDF. They supply AI software and cloud storage services to the pal- uh, to the Israeli military. They use that AI tech mm-hmm. to do surveillance on Palestinians. Mm-hmm. That's a direct yeah. contribution there. At the end of the day... And you can even say, okay, like... Let's look at what happened last year with Russia, right? When Russia invaded Ukraine, Mm -hmm. there was an outcry from the world. Uh, People pointing their fingers to corporations, American corporations that are conducting business in Russia, that you should do something about this. You shouldn't be in a country, blah, 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 right? Starbucks shut down 130 cafes. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're not going to be in Russia anymore Mm -hmm. because of this thing. And the goal was to hurt their economy enough to get Russia to like think twice and McDonald's pulled out more than 300 like they just seized all operations shut down gave their workers six months severance pay like whatever it is right pulled out did that make a difference did they did Russia stop their invasion no they stumbled a bit and they were able to because it did affect the economy and they stumbled a bit and they were able to pick themselves up and they're still in Ukraine so do these boycotts work I don't know I think they just spread awareness. I think they spread awareness. But in the long run, it's like such a systematic thing. I was thinking, uh, so I saw something else somewhere, like some person was like, some influencer was like, 
boycott anything that Black Rock and Vanguard have their hands in. I'm like, isn't that everything? everything? <laughs> That's true. It's we know that for all the big companies in the like pretty much in the world, they're owned by a few companies. They just look like they're all separate entities, but they're not. And so they all filter and funnel into a few buckets. Yeah. And then though, so like, once again, arguing with one another is not. Yeah, that's the thing that's like, like pointing fingers and arguing and making three minute long videos about why Nabella Noor's statement on the, the issue was too passive. And it, you're just distracting people from what the actual issue is, is that these fucked up systems, we're all in the same system. We're all sheep in this society that's controlled by a very few people. I think boycotts work domestically because I've seen them work uh, like in certain cases domestically. But when it comes to international, they don't really have much of an impact like on on the larger scale like will boycotting mcdonald's and starbucks send a message sure what that message is is that we as an american people don't support um israel and we're pro-palestine if that's the message you want to send then yeah they'll it will definitely send that message but will it stop uh no it's not gonna stop anything and will it call for a ceasefire probably not but it's just like it's just I don't know. It's just, I just think I have a very bleak look on like the world mm -hmm. because like I've just always reading up on things like this or I've learned about this. I've studied about these type of things and it's just like the same like thing is where it's just a, a, a wheel that keeps turning mm -hmm. and the fight is the wheel is always turning and people are always fighting to come on top of the wheel. Mm -hmm. That thing like in Game of Thrones that they talk about, it's like you know, like the people who want to come in power, they're just like spindles on a wheel. Yep. And until the wheel gets broken down, there's not going to be any significant change. Yep. And that's exactly what it is. And you can, you know, and that might be like a bleak outlook on it. And you cannot, you know, you can do, do what you think, do what clears your own conscience about it, whether that's not buying a Starbucks drink, if it's not buying from Amazon. Some people might say that donating to like these really big nonprofits yeah. is what's going to make the biggest difference. And then even from there, like if that once again, if that is what makes you feel better, it makes you feel better. But I think what I me and you were talking about, because when I was asking you, like what's happening with the women and children in this whole situation like are there uh refugee camps where they're going to and you know do people have the option to not be in this in the war zone area so they actually don't which is fucked which right? is yeah and so bad so the reason so i was actually looking into this it's so i was more curious as to what the arab nations are doing around because they're the bordering countries right Egypt has opened up its border for only the severely injured. Mm -hmm. But any, anybody else who wants to get through, they're like, no. So they're not opening their borders for people who want to get out of Gaza and like get out of like, you know, the line of fire because they're like opening up the borders to this large refugee population is going to create problems for us. No. Yeah, there's no way out. So that's that, that's the major issue is that there's no way out because no one's opening opening their borders yet. 
Yeah, and so, what she said is that it's because they're planning on making, you know, did you see the thing how they're planning on making another canal in that area? Yeah. The port yeah. and the so canal. This is what this goes right back to the conversation is as to like what type of relationship Israel has not only with the West mm-hmm. and the US, but those Arab nations in that region as well. Because since 1967, Actually, no, let's say since, the, since the 1970s and 80s, there has been a consistent, gradual peace between Israel and the other Arab nations there. And once again, those Arab countries, the governments, right, they want good relationships with Israel because of this port or whatever it is, right? But the people in those Arab nations are very sympathetic to the Palestinian cause. They don't want their governments to do that. But yet the governments are doing that. I don't know, I just, I hope things change and I hope this is like the turning point. And also this idea that a ceasefire by the UN is going to actually do something is another Oh yeah, when you were explaining that to me that day, like yeah, how... like how the UN has no power and what people think it's like, the, like no. That they're just a recommendation? It, or it's a recommendation saying? board. Like yeah. even the UN General Assembly, like there was this, they vote, the UN General Assembly voted by, with a landslide for a... Uh, pause or like a ceasefire or something like that what was done absolutely nothing it's a non-binding resolution which means israel's not bounded to it it's non-binding the only thing that's binding is the security council ones but even then those are ignored by russia u.s china all the time yeah even the ones that are there and the security council was like oh russia you shouldn't you're you know one of the five you shouldn't be invading ukraine did they listen no Israel is in violation of 40 UN mandates right now. 40. So, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this is a very, you know, depressing outlook on it. But that's it's a hard reality to swallow. Like I said before, it's a hard it, it's a reality and it's a difficult one to swallow. But it, that's what the reality is. Mm-hmm. This is a situation that we're in. I'm going to link a bunch of stuff that places where you guys can donate if you want to um, to uh, the Palestinian humanitarian efforts once they're able to get in there. And um, also, like, things that you guys can watch and read up on. Anyways, Girk and I, with our entire family, went to Seattle this weekend. And it was great. Shout out, shout out Bava and Sharn for throwing a crazy Milla. Yeah. Straight um, Straight Milla. Malkith, Jussie Sidhu, Jazzy B performed over two days. Someone won a seven-day trip to anywhere in the world. But we missed the cruise, and but there was, like, some raffles on the cruise, too. I forgot what those Someone were. told me it was some type of... Su- the, so I swear to God, someone told me that it was... A, uh, a, you Whoever won that on the cruise thing, they got... You could buy anything at the Sabisachi store or something. Or some type... Or, or like you you won a custom like outfit or something. Something like that. I was like, damn! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no but it was sick shout out shout out shout out Mokith bro he's doing the doing the most he's fully up in there dude he's resurrected his career and is that man is thriving and he knows how to perform he knows how to put on a show let me tell you that because not one person left the dance floor the entire time he was there and it wasn't just like staring at his booty everyone was like whoo, 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 you know yeah. I was like this uncle's holding it down bro it was just I don't, yeah it was just crazy we just saw a bunch of like random people yeah, like a lot, a lot of family that we hadn't seen in a while yeah. too. And Mold the magician was there. We saw him live in action. I'm 100 percent gonna give get him on the pod, 
and I want him to read Girk's mind, but Girk has already debunked half of his routine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a magician myself, that's why. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but... Girk can meet an actual Girk. wizard. Girk can meet a real life wizard and has somehow figure out how to... A real life wizard. Literally could <laughs> watch the that, person... This shit like, doesn't even make sense. Walk down from the clouds and he'll be like, you're not... You're not a wizard. Girl can see a witch flying on a broom right now. Yes. And he figured out a way to debunk it. Yeah. <laughs> but that I believe the most fucked up conspiracy yeah. theories. I want to tell you guys about my friends at Quality Gold Jewelers. Fun fact, I've been recently buying up some, you know, gold sets and stuff like that just in case the end of the world comes. And you know when the end of the world is here? Cash, money is going to be worthless, juiceless. The real things like gold and silver that are going to help you out. That's obviously not why I actually bought it. I just bought, you know, for fashion. I recently was talking to someone who was saying that, you know what, if you're going to be wearing jewelry, you're going to be buying jewelry, you might as well get gold because it's an investment, all right? You know, it gets like five nice gold sets, you're set for life. Alternate them, you're good to go. Quality gold jewelers located in Abbotsford, British Columbia. They specialize in traditional and modern jewelry designs that are perfect for weddings, special occasions, or everyday wear. They are amazing at what they do. They have exceptional customer service. They've been in the game for over 30 years, you guys, and they have over 600 reviews on Google, 4.9 stars, like that's amazing. Even if you go to their Instagram or their TikTok and see the jewelry that their brides are wearing, just absolutely stunning. Their work is so good. They have an online store as well. You can go to their website and check that out. And they ship worldwide. They're running a promo on the with the podcast on select items. So if you walk in, call them, message them, mention that you heard about them on the podcast. They're located at 2646 Auburn Street in Abbotsford. Check out their website at www.qualitygoldjewelers.com. You can also check them out on Instagram and TikTok at Quality Gold Jewelers. And if you have any questions, you can contact them on WhatsApp via their store phone number, Quality Gold Jewelers. All right, let's hop into the coaches portion of the podcast where we answer your questions, react to your stories. Please don't take any seriously. We're just talking about shit. If you need real professional help, please reach out to someone who knows what they're talking about. This is just for entertainment purposes only. Alrighty, first submission here we have. Hey, Coach P, Gervin, and Girk. I have a dilemma and need some advice. My husband is the sole income provider. And I recently found out that he is cheating and scamming his clients. Oh, God. Cheating and scamming his clients. Like cheating his clients or cheating, cheating on her and no, scamming? No, cheating on his clients. Oh, what? Che- cheating uh-huh. and scamming his clients. <laughs> okay. He's cheating them. Yeah. That's how I should say. No, I thought she meant cheating on her, but then also scamming his clients. Yeah, that's what I thought too. No, she didn't say that. She said cheating and scamming his clients. I think. Uh, oh. Then she goes on to how what the, like how she found out about the scam. So I'm assuming it's. Yeah. yeah okay. What is the scam? I always thought very highly of him, and I never questioned how the money was coming in because the bills were being paid. 
I recently overheard him talking on it, talking to a business partner about how they're going to do all these shady things to get his client approved for a deal. Should I confront him about this or should I just let things be? We have two kids and I'm a stay-at-home mom with no income. Do you think he would get angry at me if I question him? Now I'm wondering if he's lying about other things and I don't know if I can trust him. Is, this a, is he a mortgage broker? I don't know. <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like a mortgage broker. About how he's doing all the shady things to get his client approved. Honestly, this is, <laughs> me and Kirk yeah, are like, mm. this is, <laughs> I'm not a mortgage broker, so I can't speak for mortgage brokers. This, you don't know if this is a mortgage broker, though. But the, the, but the way what he's saying is like something a mortgage broker would say. Because, like, a, you know, he's like trying to get his. But he's saying he's cheating and scamming his clients. Yeah. So is, but isn't that you're doing something good for your client? Yeah. If you're finding a shady way to get a deal. No, not necessarily. Like, let's say you're like, you know, you're trying to get your client approved. They can't get approved and you're trying to do like... Fully funding mortgage workers right now? No, no, no we're not funding them. We're I'm supporting not, them. I'm not funding them. Um, but we would I'm, never do that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not funding them at all. I respect the mortgage broker profession. And, um, but no, I'm just saying like... We're trying to explain to you how it might be... Well, it might be frowned what? upon <laughs> by the government... But fuck the government, Panjo. Banda gotta eat. <laughs> Banda gotta live. Banda gotta eat. Yeah. No, they, no, no. Banda just... gotta own real estate. But here's the thing. Honestly, like, I've heard a, a lot of cases where this does happen quite often. And I've heard from different, like, mortgage brokers. And I've even heard from a few underwriters that certain banks turn a blind eye to this stuff because they know that it happens. And it happens like, you know, more often than people would think. But at some point, it needs to happen because to get approved, I'm not saying it needs to happen, but a lot of, there are a lot of people that can afford to make mortgage payments. But and because think about all these people like that are renting. Most people that are renting are probably paying more that person. Exactly. Yeah. The amount of a mortgage or maybe even more than a mortgage payment. Right. And they're not able to get a house themselves because A, they're not, they might not get approved or B, they don't have money for a down payment, whatever the case may be, right? But it's going to be one of those two scenarios. So, if, but if this person can already afford to pay the monthly mortgage for someone else, then obviously they can do it for themselves. You know, like in some cases, it would, renters would save money, like if they could get approved, right? Because there's some renters that are paying like, you know, $3,000 a month, whereas they would rather go buy like a townhouse for super cheap in Calgary and their mortgage would be like 2000 a month. And, you know, they can afford that payment, but the bank is just going to deny them on a technicality. Like, you know, and there's a lot of people that are self-employed. And when you're self-employed, you're obviously your main objective is to show the least amount of income possible, but then you can't get approved for a mortgage. It's like a, the, it's the way the system is set up by the government, right? If you want to buy a house that's super expensive, you need to show us that you can afford this house. But then if you show us that you can afford this house, then we're going to fucking shit kick you on taxes. Now we're going to tax you 30, 40% of your income. So people are like, yo, fuck paying the 30, 40% on taxes. Like I'm just going to show lower income. And if I show lower income, then the bank's not going to give me a fucking mortgage. So how do you do it then? Then you fudge the fucking numbers. And then... <laughs> <laughs> no, so pretty much what, 
No, no, I know. Okay, if if I was this lady, shut, just shut the fuck up, okay? Let yeah. your husband conduct his business, okay? No, no, but it depends. But if this guy's like straight up like taking advantage of his clients, yeah, because most if it's harming something or someone, hundred percent, and you pretty much you don't need to be like, hey, but but this is wrong. What the what I would do in the situation is just pose it as a question to him, like, how does like do you feel good doing this, or are you just doing this? Because it's for like survival. And if it's for survival, then maybe let's try to do something else so that it feels better. And we're not, you know, nobody's getting screwed over. But if it's like the big banks or like the government that's taking a hit on this, which they might not even actually ever take a hit on it. Because what Girk's saying is like these people, for example, let's say this is a mortgage broker and the numbers are being a little, you know, fumbled and jumbled to make something work because of yes these technicalities then really like no one's getting hurt in the process and as long as you know everybody like these the new homeowners whatever they continue to pay the mortgage which they would because they would go pay rent somewhere too most likely it'll all be fine but let's say it's something that's harming your client. Like it's going to eventually take something away from them that they didn't know was going to be taken away. That's wrong. If if that is what's happening, if that is what's happening, but yeah, like I, I mean, mean, I don't think because he's maybe doing some like shady stuff on the business side that he's lying about other things. I don't think that makes that makes sense. Yeah, like, no. Uh, this just tells me your husband is a very resourceful banda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah and if it's infringing on your moral compass or whatever it is then go right ahead but then also you need to deal with the consequences of he's going to be like yo you don't even understand what's going on shut the fuck up <laughs> and then what's going to be arguing for that like you know this is where the problem comes into place is when you like this is why i always talk about like you know you should be doing your own thing oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't even think it's a problem. Like, honestly, once again, we don't know exactly. No, what Pammy's saying is right on its yeah. own that, like, you shouldn't be in this predicament where you feel... You feel like you can't ask him a question because he's the sole income provider. Yes. Like, you should be able... Or like, that you have to, like, indirectly support yeah. something that you're not entirely um like these are the with. type of dilemmas that i talk that we talk about when it comes to people who want to be housewives yeah. is that you're gonna have to be okay with like feeling like this in certain situations not having control because a is. person that has like you know a job or whatever i don't see them thinking like oh i shouldn't say anything because he's gonna be mad and he brings all the money in you know but these are the type of things that you run into Okay, so basically, you guys are saying this guy is a good guy. No. <laughs> no just, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I don't want to get you on another rampage. But uh, yeah, I mean, he. you just have to, I guess, you have to, if you don't want him to get angry, you have to figure out a way to pose the question yeah. where it's more curious than it is accusatory. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's yes. it. Hey, Coach B, please read this on the pod. I love Gregor's means of being a will. I've been seeing a male physio for a few years for a sports-related injury. This was prior to getting into a relationship. However, my boyfriend of one year thinks my male physio is being too friendly with me. He thinks that because I've told him how the physio shares personal stuff with me. And recently, he asked me when my last relationship was, to which I replied, it's been a few years. 
my boyfriend got mad at me because he's like, I should have said that I have a boyfriend. Yeah, why wouldn't she say that? Yeah, that is pretty fucking stupid. If someone asks you, when was your last relationship? Oh, a few years ago. But you're in one? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> or you say, yeah, my last relationship was a few years ago, but I'm in one right now. Yeah. Like, you just don't leave out the fact that you're not in, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, I've, oh, I've been dating my current boyfriend for like a year. It was a few years ago. Leave it at that. <laughs> um my boyfriend got mad at me okay whatever blah, blah blah and he thinks that i should see a female physio i told him he's overreacting which made things worse because now he's saying that the physio probably thinks i'm single and accused me of being too friendly with him lol is my boyfriend in the right for this help yeah i think he's in the right like why wouldn't you tell the guy like yeah, if he like, asked you i like, would get uh, like i would be like what the fuck? Like, why didn't you say, like... How does this conversation coming up between these guys... They just have dumb conversations. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> but, like... The other thing is, like... I would probably be like, yo, why didn't you say you're in a relationship? Why did you say it's a few years ago? Yeah. Like, I, I would question that. But I don't think I would say change your fucking physio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's my, more of like, my I wouldn't. Process. I don't think I'd go that far. Like, I wouldn't be like, change your physio that you've been seeing even before. Like, I would just be I'd like, like, how about I come to your next physio session with you? And you introduce me as your boyfriend to this guy. Now you're acting crazy and insecure. Crazy? What's crazy is that you didn't tell him you had a boyfriend. Yeah, so that's something to discuss. But you don't need to how A. How do you just, buy, like, imagine a guy did that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'd be like, why didn't you say yeah, that, like, it, that you're dating someone? Let's discuss and then, that. And what is she going to say? Oh, I, I thought he was saying past relationship. Yeah, that's what she's probably saying, yeah. which is what, what a guy would say too. I thought she was saying past relationship. But it's just it's and dumb. Be like, it's a dumb excuse. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but it's not a, like so fucking crazy that she needs to be changing her physio. No, but like, I just feel did like... She say, like... Did she say, like... Did she say, like... Has she shown any interest in this guy? Yeah. In this physio? Other than... Because girls go into their workplace and their fucking bosses hit on them all the fucking time. Yeah. Like, they get hit on when they go to a fucking concert. Yeah. They get hit on in the fucking line in fucking Tim Hortons. <laughs> like, what are they supposed to do? Just not communicate with any fucking male in the holy world now? Like, that's not what this is. It's the intention behind it. Yeah. I now, just, I don't know. To me, it's just like, why did you not tell him? Like, yeah, well, so then that, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the discussion that you, so that just have that discussion. Have, that's the, it. have that discussion with her, yeah. with her. I know. But then she, I'm telling you, she's probably saying what you're saying. Oh, you said past. But like, I'm just saying, like, I would never, if someone asked me that question, yeah, I, I dating, wouldn't either. Like that, the thought of just excluding the fact that I'm currently dating wouldn't even cross my mind. Like, it just seems like something I would have to intentionally not right. say. Okay. So now what's, how do you get past this now? You don't. <laughs> yeah. You don't get past this. The only way you get past it, you fucking get a new fucking physio. How, how does that make any difference? So then, so then what happens when the guy, like random guy uh, hits on her somewhere else? What then? Should she just start yelling from the rooftop? Before anyone speaks to me, I just want everyone to know that. No, I'm but I'm no, Pam, like she needs to get his name tattooed on her forehead. Yeah. No, but if a, I'm just saying if a random guy hits on her somewhere else, then obviously she, you would expect her to be like, no, like, hey, I have a boyfriend or what, I'm seeing someone, whatever it is. But I'm just saying like, what would the, what is the resolution here? Realistically, what would you think it would be? That she go tell him that she has a boyfriend? If he comes on to her again, or ask the question again for her to clear the air. But if she goes back to do her physio appointments and he doesn't question and doesn't fucking care at all. 
Yeah, what if she like what if that was his way of trying to figure out if she's in a relationship or not? And she said like she basically said, No, I'm not in a relationship. And then now their conversation continues as whatever normal. And you know, he like I don't know, like it just never gets brought up again. What if he doesn't ever ask her again? Why would he ask her again? So then that's it. Then so didn't then go anywhere. Then it, then Nothing's over. happening. Maybe he was just curious. First of all, I don't think that's a normal. When was your last relationship? That's a very weird. That question. already tells me that he already thinks that she's single. Yeah. So, like if he's asking you that, like he so already. So I think like the next thing is like if so the next time you go for your physio appointment and this guy tries to, if he tries to hit on you and you feel like he is, yeah. then that at that point you'd be like, I have a boyfriend, and you switch your fucking physios. Yes. Okay. But if she goes in next time and he doesn't even mention it again. And it's never brought up and he doesn't hit on her or anything like that, then what the, there's no need to. I do I think that she's in the wrong for like answering the question in a stupid way. Yes. 100%. Absolutely. I not agree. even in a stupid way. It seems like you intentionally left that. Okay, girl, yeah. you're taking it too far. I'm not taking it too far. I feel like it, it sounds like. Why is she submitting then to ask? Because like, I guarantee she's you, like, hey, her, her and her man got into an argument and they probably, he's like, okay, fine. Maybe she's like, I'll ask it on the podcast or something. And maybe they're both waiting for an answer. Yeah, well, the answer is that you shouldn't have said like you. That's the, the I've to me that's common knowledge that if someone's asking when was your last relationship, you you would say, oh, I'm actually in a relationship right now. We've been together for a year. Yeah. That's what you would say. Yeah. Like it, you know. It just yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like you the guys. The whole get, switching of the physios is a little wild, but like whatever. I feel like the whole not even mentioning you have a boyfriend is wild. Yeah, it is that <laughs> we acknowledge that. So we're gonna go wild for wild then. Yeah. An eye for an yeah. eye. Straight up. It does not make the whole world blind. <laughs> it might keep your relationship alive, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know, man. Well, I just feel like... It's, I feel like you guys give people, like, too much benefit of the doubt. And I just feel like at 27 years of age, you cannot be that big of a fucking dunger that when someone asks you, when was your last relationship, yeah. that you answer by saying, a few years ago. It yeah. like it just it, you intentionally left it out the fact that you're currently in a relationship. Yeah. So you're saying you're saying she's not that dumb. Yeah. And she did it on purpose. And I'm saying that people are actually that dumb. No. And yeah. you would be surprised. No. Yeah. I, I know people are dumb. And I because I've worked with the public for like a lot of my jobs. And for most of my jobs. The public and, is dumb. Yeah. The, and I honestly feel like, yes, the general public, you know, is not as smart as we think. But uh, with certain shit, when it comes to shit like this, I feel like this is just common as sense for any single person to just like, no one answers that question that way. No one in a relationship. I think you can ask a hundred people in relationships that same question. And I guarantee you not a single person would be like, yeah, I agree. I agree. We, we're not arguing this point with you. No, no, no I know I you're not absolutely yeah. agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like because it's so outlandish, like, ans like the answer is so outlandish. Okay, but here's my question to you. That okay? it was intentionally left out. Okay, so if she and intentionally if it left it, it out, okay? Exactly. That means there's something. Okay, so if something's going on, right? If it's intentionally left out, right? Do you think that switching physio is going to solve the problem? Because if she has the intention to do that, then what's going to stop her from having the intention somewhere else? The next conversation she has with the next guy. See that? I don't know. Man. See? There, there you, go. you go, girl. So it doesn't fucking solve anything. It's our favorite time of year and we got a little gift for all you listeners. If you mention Coaches Don't Play, when you book any service at Fresh Canvas Spa, 
you get $15 off, okay? Any service, $15 off. And their holiday specials this year are amazing. Our friends at Fresh Canvas are offering 15, 15, not even 15, okay? 50% off their microneedling treatment to anyone who gets a deluxe hydrofacial. Full legs laser, only $150. And full face laser is just $40 for my listeners only. Okay, this is no like special that anyone gets. Only for podcast listeners, all right? And they're giving away tons of free gifts with Zoe Skin product purchases over 225 bucks, plus so much more. Remember, when you support the sponsors, you support the podcast, go check them out, Fresh Canvas Spa, and make sure you tell them that we sent you and let the savings rain down. Hey, just wanted to get your thoughts on this. I thought I just started my wedding shopping in Surrey. Why are Indian wedding vendors not body inclusive? Why are trial blouses always... <laughs> love to get your take on this, Krikan. Why are trial blouses always made small? Why can't they be like Gore where the dress is loose and they clip the back of the small for the smaller girlies to help them see their vision? It sucks not being able to try on a full outfit. Making bigger tops would help everyone. But she's like, I'm not even a heavy-chested girl, but I can't imagine how plus-size brides feel. I even saw a sign in the store that said it's 25% on top of the cost like it's an extra 25 percent on top of the cost for a bride past certain sizes sorry for the rant but i just feel like you guys should talk about this on the pod and want to get your thoughts on it oh i didn't even know this was a thing i thought it was the opposite i thought everything was made loose and then it gets cut down no like so oh it's not there's like we i think i've talked about this before with the soul halls episode but like <laughs> that was pretty savage of these guys yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> these, when you go and i even had the conversation remember when i told you when i went into india shopping Bro, it's the fucking grand. It's the fucking worst, bro. Even in India, it's like that? Dude, in India? Yeah. India's worse. Like, here it's like medium. India's, they're extra small, okay? But why? What sense is that? Yeah, I have no fucking idea. No, it's the, it's not even the sizes in India. It's their, the, the delivery. lack of chill yeah, that they it's, have it's in the like. Lack of chill in the <laughs> delivery because you'll go there and you'll be like, nee size and they'll be like, oh, but size like they'll say it in front of the whole store and you're just sitting there like Fuck. no but like okay so when you okay let, let's say you're a bride or whatever right you go into the store to try something on the the s- sample sizes that they carry are small in size so that they'll never j- like most plus size brides or even just even not even that much plus size like a reg- like a larger whatever would not be able to try on an outfit in the store so they'll just like hold up the skirt in front of you and the blouse in front of you and they'll be like yeah you pick do you want this wedding outfit they're gonna spend six thousand dollars on i honestly didn't know that yeah and then past a certain size they add on 25 percent. some designers that's crazy to me <laughs> Leave it to the desis, right? Leave it to the desis to do the most opposite body, thing. Body and shaming the brides. Yeah. <laughs> Publicly. <laughs> Publicly, buddy. Oh, here. Adding a massive ass sign in the front, too. That we have this fat tax over here. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get 25% taxed for being so fat. That's <laughs> fucked, yo. It is so fucked, bro. It's so fucked. Oh, you're short too. <laughs> <laughs> that when Pammy did that that year. What the fuck? I don't We're short too. We need a size for a more too. <laughs> 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 Bro, that's exactly what it is. Fucked up, man. 
it's fucked up. Like, I don't know. Like, what are my thoughts? Our thoughts on it that it's fucked up and they yeah. shouldn't fucking do that. And if they wanted to actually make money, I feel like everyone would think that. It's and I think, up. and and I think that's such like a uh, a thing that's missing out of the market right now. That if a store started promoting that, they would get a lot of business, mm-hmm. a lot of business. They need to figure out the a general shape of like most people and base it on that. Well, that's what they yeah, that's yeah, what they're yeah. doing, but it's not inclusive. Like, so what? But I feel like that happens with guys all the time too. Like I'm like shopping online and I'll see something I'm like yo sick, but like the guy wearing it is like fucking jacked, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking big broad shoulders, fucking muscles and shit. I'm like, then I get it. I put it on. I look like a fucking pagoda. I'm like, what? this isn't what I saw. <laughs> yeah, they need to throw some fucking muckerton like me on there. <laughs> put it on my fucking body then you know it's a realistic america's karen was telling me she's like oh like uh when we we're going to mexico she's like go go to the Shein website she's like order some shit it's like super cheap there i'm like okay cool and she's like just make sure you go through the reviews and look at the pictures yeah <laughs> completely different yo right? i'm like what is this why is all these little fucking like blobbered you guys wearing this yeah because it's like you see the model and it looks so sick right yeah. And then you look at the real life people wearing it and you're like, that's not what it fucking looks like in the picture. Yeah, in the picture, this looks fucking sick. I was hoping it looked like that. Hey coach, so I needed you guys' advice on a problem I'm having between me and my boyfriend of five years. So recently he came with me to do my yearly checkup at the hospital for a medical condition I'm dealing with for the past eight years. This condition isn't something I have told many people as I'm a very private person. Only my immediate family and two of my best friends know that I'm going through this. It is pretty serious, but nothing that is going to kill me. So basically what he did was he told his mom about my condition without telling me that he was going to tell her or seeing if it was okay to tell her that I'm going through this. And when I was talking to him about it, I did not appreciate him telling his mom um, he got defensive and he said that it's something that affects him too. So she has a right to tell. So he has a right to tell who he wants to. I tried to explain to him that, no, it's something that's my decision of who to tell and he just wasn't getting it at all. Honestly, I want to go off on him, but I just want to know, am I the asshole? Am I tripping out or am I valid in how I'm feeling? Please, if you could read this on the podcast. I think that's a pretty big discussion to have beforehand to be like, hey, I don't want you discussing this with anyone else. And if it's your family, like we need to talk about it. Oh, facts. I'm with this. I'm, I'm with her on this side. She's only told her parents and two of her best friends. Yeah. So that means her own cousins and shit don't know. But did she tell him that no one knows? Yeah. Yeah. But he's saying that, you know, this is something that affects his life as well. But, you know, to what extent? Like, we don't, but we also don't know that. Um, but it's like, but, but still, even if it does, you choose to be with this person. Yeah. And this is their situation. And it's not your condition to share. Just like it, it's not your secret to share for other people. If someone tells you something and it's like their secret and even, and even if it's your like it's messing up your moral dilemma, keeping it bubble, keeping the secret or whatever. At the end of the day, it's not your secret to share. So you should have at the very least told her that you wanted to tell your mom. And also, I feel like I, I don't know why Bunday don't know this, but I feel like I just need to tell everybody again when your Jinnani comes to you. And she's upset at something you did or said. Yeah, just say, yo, my bad. Yeah. That was my bad. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Seriously, it's so, so much easier, I realized. Because I'm the king of doubling down. <laughs> and but I realized that my life's so much easier when I just, you know, say, yeah, you're right. Every time I hear these scenarios, right? Like where the guy does something and the chick's like super offended and the guy, you know, doubles down and gets defensive and all this shit. Every time I hear this, I always think the same thing. 
And it's always like, yo, there's just like a classic thing Bande do. Because, like, I feel like I do this all the time, too. Like, you know, sometimes you just don't think, like, you know, he might, maybe he, like, accidentally slipped up, told his mom. Not slipped up, but maybe, like, you know, he didn't fully, like, realize he shouldn't have said it or, you know, maybe whatever. He just said it and then I, she bought it up and he's like, fuck. And then I think for Bande, we just think, like, yo, the easiest way we can avoid this argument is if we double down. But that it doesn't never helps us. Because, but if it was an innocent mistake, then that's all you have to say. Like, yo, I didn't actually realize it just, like, I'm I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize. She is in the right that it is her yeah, thing. Yeah, too. she is. 100% she's in the right. But like I said, like we're saying, like, I feel like for a lot of guys, it's just like, they, it's hard for them to just be like, oh, yo, my bad. Yeah. Like, it's easier, like, especially for dissy guys, it's just easier for us to get. It's like you're just creating a, a more of a problem because now not only did you do the stupid thing, now you're defending the stupid thing. Yeah. Where it's like, why don't you just be like, fuck like i fucked up yeah like i shouldn't have said anything because if you know if you just have to put yourself in that person's shoes let's say you have the same condition and you you're for whatever reason you don't want people to know you've only told two of your friends and your parents and now all of a sudden your girlfriend's mom knows about it and now you're like fuck who knows who she's gonna tell and who they're gonna you know what i mean so hey coach p my broca was postponed because my boyfriend's sister why are you saying it like that now you're yeah setting it up to make it seem yeah. sound like an idiot yeah yeah okay she's studying somewhere else and agreed to come back to canada for our rook she decided to take some work experience program instead and now we have to push our rook for another year i am i wrong for being mad as a, a mad af my boyfriend says i'm overreacting is he right backstory about his sister she's always been an issue thinks everyone's world revolves around her and has an unhealthy obsession with her brother my boyfriend and not in a weird way though just boundaries and shit she has another bro that's older but is not obsessed with him mainly because i think he's the smarter one out of the three and his wife would tell the sister off if she crossed boundaries i think also because she's like 26 and never had a real boyfriend or real relationship she doesn't understand the value of wanting to be rocked <laughs> there's no value in this <laughs> and i lost it I, <laughs> I highlighted that part and started and and the value of being rocked and start planning a wedding with the, your love you <laughs> could start the wedding planning who cares you think that you can't start planning, planning a wedding without, without a, rook? a rook you're lost it buddy yeah. i don't think you're ready for any of this unless you guys are trying to plan like a crazy type of rock where it's in a hall and shit but if it's just one of those rocks at but the once house, again like, that's also dumb yeah, like, no that is i know but i'm just like, saying you, you don't need to have a rock in order to like set a date like there's no legal process or cultural religious process that's stopping that yeah you could do a rock like uh, three weeks before i've seen people do a, a rock the same day of their wedding week like it's one of the first events that happens is the, the is the rock or whatever some people don't even do a rock yeah. some people do a rock in their jeans yeah me it's not like a thing like it's some not people a, do a rock and they don't even know it's a rock yeah <laughs> <laughs> me <laughs> but it's literally a useless event that no one needs to do it's uh, supposed to be like so um it's supposed to be like a small very like first of all i didn't even know it was a thing until it happened to me i honestly didn't know that until it happened to me it's so stupid like if you want to book venues and shit like you can go ahead and do that just set a date yeah. and start doing that and then do your rock whenever the sister comes back it's not that big of a deal first of all like there's so many sides this my sisters weren't there for mine no literally it was me 
my parents, Tony, his parents, and one of his brothers because it was in yeah, Calgary. Yeah, but they probably want to do this whole role where there's a fucking backdrop and shit and a cake and all this fucking bullshit. Who? These the, people. The that's people. probably what she wants. That's what they, these younger people these days don't they want all the things but they don't understand the meaning like if you actually go back to like where rokes even came from it was literally just when the families used to meet and decide and this is when your family used to pick your spouse they used to just put a deposit on a person they used like to put a deposit on a person so that your family would stop searching for other suitors for you it's like a down payment before possession day <laughs> no it's literally it's literally a deposit it's not a down payment a down payment would be putting deposits on your vendors that's a down payment but no this is fully a, a small deposit to place on hold and like what is more important this useless work that you're gonna have which you don't need to have in order to start planning a wedding or to create unnecessary problems like that or just whatever you don't like your sister-in-law a lot of people don't this person clearly just has a bone to pick with the sister-in-law she went off on a whole tangent about uh, how it's maybe it's because she's never been in a real relationship yeah like you already don't you don't like her so now this thing that she did is triggering you it's not even about the role. let's let's take a couple steps back it's not about like the really, role. yeah it's that this chick fucked over your plans and now you're pissed and you just don't like her. But let's say if you was a sister-in-law that you had a really good relationship with. Yeah, you'd let us slide. And she did, did this. You'd be like, okay, whatever. Then maybe you'd be like, you know, what is, what is a rogue anyways? Blah, blah, blah. But no, you're using this because you have a bone to pick with this person. Yeah. And you just don't like them. And also, I feel like a lot of people, you need to talk to other people around you that got married. Because yeah. every single person that I talk to, like before getting married is always like so like pumped off so i want this xyz i want all this shit done blah 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 and then once they get married the wedding's done everything's done every single person was like i regret this i regret this i regret this i shouldn't have done this and it's like 90 percent of the shit that they were super excited to do and wanted to go over the top with they're like why the fuck did i do this like it was pointless like it was such so a now this role that has literal zero value is going to create this whole animosity and this tension between you and your sister-in-law which is going to go on for years and you're going to drag your boyfriend into it too. And it's going to be a whole thing. Like, is it worth it over a rogue? Sometimes it's better just to be the bigger person. Yeah. And just be like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. We can push the rogue back. I would just make you, if you, if you want to do the rogue, do the rogue. I will FaceTime you guys in. Like, it, you know, the wedding is more important. Yeah, exactly. The wedding is more important. Rook is like, whatever. And sure, whatever. If you guys want to, like, everyone wants to push it back, then who cares, man? Just push it back. Because at the end of the day, it's not, I honestly don't think it's worth it, man. Hey, coach. I have a scenario that I want some advice on. I'm pregnant with our first child. And due at the end of November. Oh, shit, that's in like two weeks. Yeah, I think this person submitted a while ago and I forgot to read it. Uh, my father-in-law is adamant that we have a Lodi party in January and even went so far as to book the venue already without asking us. Although I'm Indian, I'm not Punjabi and my family and I have never really celebrated Lodi. So my husband's family is taking the lead on planning this all. I'm a registered nurse and I have a lot of anxiety relating to taking my not even two-month-old baby to an event with 200 people. Um, I don't really know in the middle of Alberta's minus 30 degree weather and in the middle of cold and flu season. Our baby won't even have all of his vaccines by then. And my husband is also nervous about putting a newborn in this situation and we aren't really sure what to do. 
I'll also mention we struggled with miscarriages and infertility for two years before finally getting pregnant. So we feel very protective of the baby and we are f- that very protective of the baby that we are finally going to have. In terms of what to do about the party, these are the options that we've considered. One, hire a nanny to take care of the baby at the party and try to seclude the baby and her from the guests at the event. I'm not sure how realistic this is or if people will even be respectful, respectful to the fact that we want to limit the baby's contact with everyone. Two, ask if this event can be postponed to the spring or summer when the baby's a bit older or even potentially move it to next January. If Lordi is only celebrated in January, January, I honestly really don't know um, what time of year it is celebrated. And last, say your baby is sick the week of the event and have him not attend. <laughs> do you think these are good of, uh, options? Am I overreacting? What do you think of this scenario? Thanks for the advice. I think the best thing to do is wait till you have the baby. Mm-hmm. And then when you have the baby then uh then just be like oh the doctor said until he has all his vaccines he or his shots or whatever it is that he can't be around uh more than whatever six people just make up a name you think you're fucking this he has father-in-law knows what the hell's going on and be like yo sorry we can't take it like the doctor said it's a huge risk like that he highly recommends that we don't do it that there's a good chance that the baby can get sick yeah and, you could and you could say that even yeah. now before yeah, the baby you can even comes. say that now yeah yeah but with this the way desi parents are they don't they need something like for example they would need to have the baby in the outside world because then that sparks like a different type of concern in them where they would be open to listening to that whereas right now they're just like they're just like so excited they're in the excitement mode okay so i've seen people do lordy parties when the kid's one years old yeah it's usually when the kid's well that's because the kid is born after january and if she goes to say like whatever one of her options was like can we do it the next january they're gonna be like no it has to be that the lordy that's applicable to this baby is the first first one first of all it doesn't have to be anything because this is an optional celebration yes yeah yeah, a lot of punjabi people don't even do this so it's a it's an optional thing they just want to throw a party or whatever it is you can fully have it the next january yeah you, you can to. do whatever the hell you, you want. can do whatever the hell you want the thing is is that you guys are parents now and you need to take a like you need to like basically yeah. get a backbone this is it just goes to show the complicated nature of our families when there's when there's our parents that are very opinionated and have certain things that they want a certain way then there's us and now we're having kids and now we're having to explain to our parents like hey we don't want this but our parents aren't used to listening to us and so really without complicating things too much i would simply go number one route where she said because if they talk about it right now the parents are going to be like you guys don't it's going to cause a fight you try to bring it up afterwards and let's say you go Girk's route of once the baby's born because there's a chance their excitement might get like ramped up. And now if you try to like tear their ideas of this plan down, it's going to make it worse. Because let me tell you the reality of it. The parents simply want a party. They don't ca- No, Nobody cares. Okay, this is going to sound so bad, but nobody actually cares to hold or see your baby at this party. They are simply there for the party. They simply just want to dress up themselves and go eat and dance at a party. People are very good about not touching other people's babies, especially when you know, like, there's... You throw a third, like, a third party in there, like a nanny. 
they're definitely not going if you're just sitting there holding your kid yeah there's a chance somebody might come but nowadays people are auntia that used to be like very aggressive and being like oh yeah now even they're scared to touch people's kids because they've heard no enough times now that or ever since covid like people have chilled out a lot but you just it, it just just comes down to like picking and choosing your battles you can try to have like a nice conversation about it beforehand explain that you don't want this and if the parents still don't understand then you just leave them to their devices and if they want to waste their money they want to throw a party let them do it you'll take part as a guest mm-hmm. maybe your kid will make an appearance mm-hmm. and then your the kid can go home you guys can go home with the kid whatever you want to do or just be like yeah like you know obviously we don't want to do this because the baby's so young and we're worried about this but if you guys really want to have this done we will bring the baby there for a very short period of time like 10 minutes 15 minutes if you guys want to cut a cake do all the bullshit you guys want to do we'll do that but then we're gonna the baby's gonna go home and you guys, one of you can go home, both of you can go home, or you can send a nanny with the baby, whatever you guys want to do, yeah. and let them have their party. And then that way, sure, the exposure is only for 10, 15 minutes. I don't think it's going to fucking harm anyone. So, for example, this actually just tells me a lot about this guy and his relationship with his parents. The fact that he can't explain to them on his own that, hey, look, we're not she's not comfortable with the idea we're not comfortable with the idea can we just like not talk about this right now mm-hmm. let's reevaluate like you know in a in two months mu- in a month or two at the beginning of january yeah. like my have my cousins are throwing a party for my my thaya thai this week mm-hmm. they planned it last week in a hall mm-hmm. like and desi people are like yeah yeah sorry gay, blah blah like you don't have to plan a lordy party especially like months and it's not a wedding yeah. like just but this tells this tells me a lot about who's wearing the biggest set of pants in this whole family structure and it's not your husband <laughs> yeah i'm just saying like he has no say why are you saying oh fuck if this was you in this situation you'd be screaming at everybody right now you fully left karen in calgary to go attend a party so she'd be home with with the dog (laughs) because you don't feel comfortable taking the dog anywhere or leaving the dog i'm comfortable taking the dog places she's not comfortable taking the dog places but i was just not comfortable having someone watch him right now because he's fucking up freshly out of surgery what do you mean it's been two weeks (laughs) Three weeks, I think. That's fresh. Freshly out of surgery. That's fresh, man. He just went into a life-threatening surgery, you guys. Are you guys dumb? <laughs> Are you dumb? I'm not. I feel like I'm the most sane person here. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed. Make sure you follow Greg on Instagram at Comforted Real Estate. Best deal without way. Follow Graveen on Instagram at There Goes Graveen. For additional, for bonus content, additional episodes, all that type of stuff, you can follow the Patreon at the link in the episode details. And subscribe to the Instagram <laughs> and follow the official Instagram account at Coach P Podcast. And we'll catch you next week on Coach. Don't play.